All right, let's get it rolling. Sports by the Book here from the South Point studio. Matt Neverett in for Jeff Parles today. Jeff down at Allegiant Stadium at the NFL Fan Experience getting interviews with just about everybody who's ever been involved with the NFL. And we're going to air a couple of them during this episode of Sports by the Book. We'll also be joined in about 15 minutes by Sammy P. SP Shoot on Twitter. We're talking Super Bowl and we're talking some college basketball plays from the man himself. And then at about 3.40, the man behind the counter here, Vinny Maiulo, comes and joins us, talks about the updated handle. But I can't do it alone. As always, my partner, Alex White, joining me on the desk. And Alex, as we get ever closer to the Super Bowl, the money just keeps piling in. Uh, we talked with Chris Andrews earlier in the week, who is expecting so much more to come in as the week progresses. Wanted to get your thoughts on this number as well. An American gaming survey has estimated that up to 67.8, almost 68 million Americans will bet on the Super Bowl. How about the total? $23.1 billion, oh $7 billion more than last year alone. That's insane, but I believe it. I mean, sports betting has become even more, more popular this year, and especially since it's being legalized in more and more states. Um, everybody has their apps. It's right there, click of a button, and it's the biggest game of the year. So I'm not surprised at all that it's increased. I am a little shocked with that number, though. It's very high. $23 billion. Yes. And the, the question I have is whether that includes offshore, you know, illegal books, or is that just in the regulated market? Either way, that number is incredible. But if that number doesn't include offshore. I'm going to guess just regulated, and right? unregulated markets, we may see double that worldwide. It's insane. It's crazy. And as the, uh, as the NFL and football grows internationally, we should see that number grow even more year to year. Yeah. Of course, the NFL playing their first ever game in Brazil Coming up this year with the Eagles playing a team to be announced. Does it surprise you? And I dropped this on Frank's show the other day on Punchlines here at South Point Studio. He was surprised to hear this. Did you know that behind the U.S. and the uh, United Kingdom, Great Britain, Brazil is the third biggest American football market in the world? I actually heard you say that. I was watching that Punchlines episode. I was a little surprised. But, I mean, it does make sense. And I'm glad it's becoming um, more popular internationally everywhere at 23 billion number you know, we're, we're gonna guess <laughs> includes just regulated sports books alex and i contributing to that number we have bets in pocket ready to go for the super bowl of course our money comes in early because we're, we're sharpening some lines and uh, we're looking at some unders which we got advice from a couple different bookmakers throughout the week including jay cornegay from the westgate superbook and of course chris andrews behind us saying if you like unders wait till later in the week but also shop around because as That's i'll right. highlight with one of mine I had a number yesterday in mind. It went against me, but then I found that actually had a way better number than I had initially even looked at at a different book. So as always, shop around. If you're an under better, take a look at some of these numbers later in the week when the general public comes in. But if you're looking overs, now might be the time, and that is the case. So I'll, I'll start with you, Alex. Maybe okay. just a couple, if you can kind of group them together, some tickets that you have in pocket and maybe just some quick reasonings why. Okay, so I do have one good ticket that we haven't even brought up recently, but I got this before uh, two weeks ago before the championship games. I have Debo Samuel, M Debo Samuel MVP 60-1. to 1. That's the only MVP I have right now. It was just a bad line, right? So I had to put a little bit of money on that. I also have Pacheco over 65.5 rushing yards in case that moves up throughout the week. Um, either team to score three on answered times i have no on that will the team that scores last win the game of course and then a couple that we gave out throughout the week right noah gray over 11 and a half yards and then will the Chiefs score a rushing touchdown in the first half i have that at yes and there's a lot of folks thinking that isaiah pacheco is going to be the one to really dictate the pace of this game from the kansas city perspective 
you like the Chiefs to score a rushing touchdown in the first half, as you mentioned, number 32-23 on the, the betting rotation here. Don't forget, we got our 20-plus page packet of, of prop bets right behind us at the South Point with more to come throughout the week. What's your reasoning behind that one? Because you and I do think that this game is going to be, or at least we're on the same page as how we think this game is going to be scripted. A lot of scoring early, at least in my mind, I think passing, but I think the Chiefs are going to be in the red zone quite a bit early on. I I mean, you just said it perfectly. I do agree with that with the passing, but I think you have to get your run game going in order to get your passing game. So I think we're going to see Pacheco early and I mean, we've got options here for running backs between Pacheco and Patrick Mahomes to get a rushing touchdown himself in there. So I don't know. I just I think those first two quarters are going to be the highest scoring, especially I'm leaning towards that second quarter. I think you're a little bit different than me, but still in that first half. So, I mean, it's plus money. I'm just taking a shot right there with the Chiefs rushing touchdown in that first half. And then want to go back to that number that you got on Debo Samuel. Yes. You got him at 60-1 to to win Super Bowl MVP. You said you bet that before the conference championship games, right? I did, because remember, he was coming off of that injury that he had during the Packers game. So he wasn't 100% going into the game against the Lions. So I think they just threw that up there. Um, And yeah, so... Put a little bit on that. Have that going in in case the the Niners win and they don't give and they give it to somebody other than the quarterback. Well, you got lucky. I I, I will say you you were skilled in terms of your timing because luck does play a part. It's part of the industry, but it's all about timing. You got it at sixty to one. How about thirty to one right now for Debo Samuel? So you're, you are literally getting double what the line is right now. Right, and if I was betting now, I probably wouldn't pick Debo Samuel so much. I would probably look more at Christian McCaffrey. Because I do think he is going to have a big game. But, I mean, at that price, I had to grab it. And, honestly, I told Jeff Parles right before our show that I had. And he jumped in with me. So, he's also holding that same ticket. Okay. He, he got it at around 30 to 1? No. he or, be, Before our show, before wow, the championship games, I said, hey, I just got Debo at 60 to 1 to win MVP. And he goes, that's not a bad bet. I'm going to okay. trail. Yeah. So you guys are both in on it, on it at 61. We'll definitely talk about the MVP odds and that market yes. with Sammy P when we have him on in about 10 minutes. But wanted to run through some of mine. There's some yes. that I like more than others, and I, I do want to start with one that you had kind of alluded to. I've got two bets, 4001-4003 are the, the two rotation numbers. First quarter or third quarter to be the highest scoring game. These are separate bets. I mainly just took a flyer on these because of the numbers. Uh, will the first quarter be the highest scoring quarter of the game at 8-1? to one? It's plus 650 for the third quarter. I think, and you're in agreement that this game's going to be fast-paced, high scoring early. I think both teams are going to come out with a fervor offensively and with two of the best uh, schematics coaches right. in the history of the game, especially coming off buys in the case of Andy Reid and in the case of with as many weapons as uh, Kyle Shanahan has on yep. that roster. I think that the first quarter legitimately, not just because it's a great number, it does have the probability of being the highest scoring quarter in this game. And the 49ers have been one of the best third quarter scoring teams in the last 20 years. So that was the main reason behind those two. And it, it kind of goes with another bet that I have, which is the second half under, which uh, I got under 24 right behind us, 30, 46, the number there. The Chiefs this year, Alex, 17 and two to the under in the second half. And I, I really like this game to be, as we said, high scoring early, low scoring late. I would take a look at fourth quarter under, which was at a flat 14 early in the week, now at 13 plus the yep. hook, kind of going against me. So I laid off, but I would not be surprised at all to see like a 9-10 point total combined score in the, in the fourth quarter. Um, so just kind of the reasoning there. Fast scoring early, low scoring late. I like first and third quarter to the highest scoring. Second half under, I definitely like more. Another game prop that I have, will one quarter be scoreless? And this number has actually gone against me, but I'm still going to take it, 31-15. 
it was originally at four to one. And I just think with these two defenses that bend but don't break and find ways to force not only teams to go out of field goal range, but to attempt what they wouldn't normally on fourth down, kind of changing the game plan. We saw that with the Chiefs against the Ravens, getting them to completely flip their own script. I think that both of these defenses are at some point going to be able to have a 15-minute stretch where they both hold strong. So I like one quarter to be scoreless, at even still at, at plus 350. So that actually is going with you then. So people are betting that they, they moved it down a little bit. Yeah, I wanted it. It was 4-1 to one all week, so okay. I, I wanted to get 4-1. to one, But I still like plus 350. You know, throw a little pizza money on there. Um, another plus money one that I got that, that includes Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes' first quarter touchdown pass. Now, I gave you the number the other day. The Chiefs have scored on their opening drive of eight straight playoff games. That's the longest mark in the playoffs in the NFL since 1991. I don't see any reason why that changes here. Um, I also have the Chiefs. What will they do first, score or punt? I've got score at even money. I, I think that they, they find a way to get it in early. But with Patrick Mahomes' first quarter touchdown pass, I just think the number at plus 180 is a little bit too elevated for my liking. Uh, I, so I, I got to go against that. And the number that I saw actually right before we took the air, Pat Mahomes in the first quarter is throwing just about 76% completion. So he is, when the plays are scripted, doing a great job of finding open men and I think he gets a touchdown pass in the first quarter. I've got two running back props that I'll fly through quickly. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, first rush over three and a half yards. That's uh, minus 110. Uh, I just think that with two weeks to plan, they're not going to call a, a dud run with McCaffrey to start the game. I wouldn't be surprised. If the 49ers get the ball, they're going to give it to him right away. They want him to have the ball in his hands as much as possible. And I don't see a way where they don't have a play scripted to get him at least five yards. Right. So I do like that one a lot. I like that one as well. And that's really my only one as far as one that I'd be willing to lay more juice on, or one that I really, really have a strong feeling. And then the other one, this is why we talked about shopping around. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire receiving yards prop was at five and a half yesterday, right behind us here at the South Point. I went to go bet it today, and it dropped down to four and a half. Now, when you're riding such a tight line, such a tight right. straddle with five, four yards, you could get that on one catch easily. I stayed away. However, I went and looked elsewhere, got it at six and a half. So I am on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire under six and a half rush yards. But as, as we have seen in kind of a tale of caution here, shop around four and a half, maybe too low. Uh, I don't think I'm going to have a way to middle this. That would be a one yard middle, which would be incredible. <laughs> that would be a story I tell for the rest of my life. But I, I got Edward Tillera at under six and a half. So that's the one that I'm on. Yep. Those are our bets in pocket. And we were talking before the show more on the way, especially for you. Yes, I would say I'll probably have at least 15 more. And that's funny. I really like that one. Um, I know you got it at Westgate from our guys. I think I'm going to make a trip down there tonight. I want to sign up for that prop contest. Yeah. I want to get Travis Kelsey, score a touchdown in the first half, and get that prop in as well. So, sorry, I went, you said quickly. I ran through mine really fast. But great breakdown. Do you think you're going to add more throughout the week? I'll probably have maybe one to two more props. Okay. I will have a play on the game. I'm thinking – we're both thinking of a Chiefs teaser that we haven't bet yet. I'm leaning Chiefs and over, but we will see. I'll probably bet that one closer to kickoff just to kind of get all the information and see kind of kind of what I'm thinking. But those are our prop plays on the game. Stay tuned the rest of the week, and we'll have something out by the weekend with all of our South Point Studio hosts' prop plays and plays on the game itself because it is important to kind of compare. You and I are on some similar-looking ones, but I don't think we have any that we are both in lockstep on on the exact same bet. So definitely something to, to keep an eye on throughout the week. Stay tuned to our social media. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe. Follow my partner, Alex White, and me, Matt Neverett, on social media as well. We got a treat for you today. Jeff Parles, the reason he's not here today, is he's about six miles that away at Allegiant Stadium. NFL Media Day, really media week. He's having a great time over there and has been sitting down getting a ton of interviews. 
So we're going to air one of his interviews that he recorded actually earlier today. Matt Hamilton of FanDuel, also from the Up and Adams show. My girl Kay Adams, very near and dear <laughs> to my heart. Uh, he sat down with Matt talking about what Radio Row is like and kind of just what it's been like for the first Super Bowl ever to be played in Las Vegas. Jeff Farrell's back at Media Row and now joining us. You have seen this man on the show before. Our guy, Matt Hamilton, FanDuel, Up and Adams. You guys had basically everyone in the NFL on this morning, Matt. It was, uh, it was quite a morning. It was a lot of fun. Um, not just everybody in the NFL, but O's the Mentalist, Burt Kreischer, uh, with Gronk involved. It was a complete circus in the best possible way. Well, I was going to say, when I walked in this morning, I got here right at the perfect time where, where O's, who famously, we've seen him on Hard Knocks, we've seen yep. him uh, in, with the Bengals, too, with, with T. Higgins and all that fun jazz. Um, and I walk in, Kay Adams has Gronk on, who, of course, uh, Gronk's going to be here all week with, with Kay. Yeah. You had uh, O's on there, and I was like, wait a second, there's nothing better on television than watching O's the Mentalist trying to figure out what is going on in Gronkowski's mind. There's Especially after 48 hours of no sleep for Gronk. It was, oh, it's been 40 hours. Uh, oh, that's pretty oh, yeah. good. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't think he's going to sleep this entire week. So. I can't really blame him. I, yeah. I mean, you're in Vegas. Why, why not? Yeah. So let's uh, let's get to this game. So you and I have talked about this a lot off the air. Yeah. Uh, just Patrick Mahomes is an underdog for the third consecutive week. It is hard to pass that up yet again. Yeah, I, I'm surprised it hasn't moved. To be honest, as you know, things have kind of settled in this week because, as you said to me too, like I don't know that many people that are on the Niners right now. Everybody right. seems to be betting chiefs and so I'm, I'm surprised the line is still what it is but uh yeah it's hard it's hard to it's hard to bet against the chiefs it really is with what they have had going on lately well and, and also too you look at look at these these games let's take yeah. the miami game out of it yeah it was frigid miami yeah. we know couldn't travel yeah but these last two weeks against buffalo on the road there was of course the narrative oh he never played a road off playoff yeah. game which totally yeah. fine total nonsense, nonsense from the and then yeah. the, the ravens one where yeah, they're legitimate arguments. Like, Baltimore's been the best team in yeah. the league most of the year. Yeah. Lamar Jackson's a unique guy to defend. That defense has been a top-five unit, and Kansas City didn't even need to score in the second half. And now, yeah. you and I have talked about this a lot, the Niner defense, is this is not the 2019 Niner defense. Yeah. This is a defense that the last eight weeks has really struggled. Yeah, and it, it, a lot of it, there are a bunch of reasons there, but a lot of it does coincide with them losing Talanoa Hufanga. I think that loss... We didn't really talk about it a ton at the time because they have so many star players, but that's an all-pro safety. And he's also the type of player that's impossible to replicate. You can get backups in there who are solid players, but there's nobody who can do the things he can do. He's a Palomalu s player. There's no one else like that in the entire NFL. So I think that's been a big part of it. And I do think the Steve Wilkes factor here, you lose D'Amico Ryans. Steve Wilkes has had some struggles. This is going to be a massive undertaking for him to figure out how to stop Kansas City's offense. Let's go to now when the Niners have the ball, because of course, Brock Purdy, first Super Bowl, mystery relevant. We all know the narrative at this point. Yeah. But the one thing Purdy has done in these playoff games, yeah, they've started slow, but you have to come back from 17 down. You have to come back from double digit down against Green Bay. Purdy's done it, and he's had to do it with his arm the majority of these comebacks as well. Yeah, he has, and uh, it's it's been impressive, and especially what we saw uh, in the NFC Championship game against the Lions. Uh, the ability when those plays broke down, you mentioned with his legs scrambling, but also just extending plays, 
and finding guys downfield when there's nothing available. And it's been really impressive. But I do think, you know, we saw we saw the Chiefs stack the box because they knew they wanted to stop the Ravens' run game, make Lamar have to throw. I'm assuming they're going to do the same type of thing to San Francisco, Keon McCaffrey. But, you know, the Ravens completely abandoned the run. Six runs to their running backs the entire game. The yeah, Niners have to go, have to be willing to run against heavy boxes and stick with it because I think – you know, with their heavy sets against the Chiefs' heavy sets, I do think the Niners still have an advantage there, and I think they need to stick with it. And Brock's going to have to exploit the middle of this Kansas City defense. It's hard to throw outside the numbers, but the safeties, you know, I'm not saying they're terrible, but there's opportunities there. The linebackers in coverage, there's opportunities to exploit them, especially when you have a guy like Kittle. So the middle of the field, running the football. All right. Who's going to win the game, Matt? Oh, I'm going to... You know, I've been back and forth on this, and, you know, as we talk about, it's hard to pick against Kansas City, but I, I'm going to pick the Niners. Okay. You, you're the one Niners. of the first that I've heard this week, yeah. actually, think San Francisco. I, I, I just think with the talent that they have top to bottom, um, and I just think the game plan that they can put together offensively, if they do stick to the run, I think they can wear this Chiefs defense down a little bit, play some keep away from Patrick Mahomes, and find a way to get the win. Matt Hamilton, up in Adams, producer, FanDuel TV, and a good friend of mine, and to say the very least. Hammer, thanks as always. Enjoy the rest of the week out here in Vegas. Thank you. You too, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Now, thank you to Jeff Parles, and big thanks to Matt Hamilton of FanDuel and the Up and Adams show for stopping and talking to Jeff. I thought it was interesting what he had to say about what he thinks the Chiefs defense is going to try to do, similar to what we said, how they were able to get the Ravens last week or in their last game completely out of sorts, completely go against their own game plan. And then he turns around and says the 49ers he thinks are going to win the game. So he thinks they're going to be able to adjust the 49ers game script, but not to the point that's going to, you know, change the outcome of the game in his mind. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, Matt Hamilton, great guy. He's been on the show a couple times, and he's made some really good predictions. So I like that uh, Niners pick there. He was on them against the Lions, and he's the one that gave out Ayuk and said every time he scores a touchdown, they, they seem to win. So Wow. We'll see if that can continue. I will say, I was looking at the anytime touchdown market and in, in lead up to this show. Ayuk and Kittle were two names that just kept jumping out off the page to me. The odds aren't great, but I, I kind of like either of those two to score. And speaking of tight ends, we can never get enough Gronk content, huh? I can't wait to watch that that whole Gronk thing with um, the illusionist and going in there. Oh, in his head yeah. And, so I'm excited to see that. Some of the ones that, it, it, is it O's the? Yes, it is. I don't know why. I just think Dr. Oz, I, I think Oz the Mentalist, but O's the Mentalist. Some of the work that, 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 that he has done that they've put out through HBO or some of the teams have, incredible. I don't it's, know how he does what he does. I have no idea. The one I'm thinking of is the one that he did with the Bengals and Joe Burrow, and just some of the stuff is just batty. We'll have to definitely watch that one because it's, uh, I, I just imagine a monkey with symbols going on in Gronk's head. So if he, <laughs> if he can get into there, then he is really, really special as a mentalist. But yeah, big thanks to Matt Hamilton and thanks to Jeff Parles, who will be back in this chair tomorrow. And now we bring in a very special guest of our own, the man, the myth, the legend, Sammy P. It's SP at SP Shoots on Twitter. Getting ready to talk Super Bowl and some college basketball. Sammy, how has your week been leading up into the Super Bowl? And are there any bets that you have in pocket right now that you'd be willing to divulge? Tremendous introduction, by the way. Um, I finally found High Point UNC Asheville on the TV, so I'm, I'm pumped for that, <laughs> which I think we have to talk about because that's going to tip off in like 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. How's the week gone? 
Too many questions about the Celtics. I do not care. I mean, all people want to talk about are the Celtics going to cover 12, and I don't give a damn because it's Super Bowl week. Uh, I'll rip through the props I've made quickly. No need to wax poetic. First touchdown rushing plus a quarter. I love that plus 125. I'm heavy on use check. Uh, I need one catch minus 150. I bet it earlier in the week and bet over two and a half receiving yards. That's come up a bit, like four and a half. Um, I've got the 60-yard uh, field goal at 40-1. to 1. And then the last prop – what's the last prop I've got? i got to look this up. Oh, first quarter under, 9.5, uh, which I always play. Um, when Chris and Jimmy and Vinny took me in the back about five years ago and showed me some of the how the sausage was made, they were like, all right, we're going to open this 9.5 and, and not quite 10. And I go, what does that mean? And they go, it means we respect the under. And you look across the board in Vegas, and it's just under 10. Nine and a half in the first quarter. The Chiefs offense, nowhere near as good as they've been. And look, San Francisco is very slow, methodical. They're 31st in pace on offense. They are not in a hurry. So maybe a, a 7 nothing, 3-3, first quarter clip. Like the, the Virginia Cavaliers of the NFL. That's right. But Sam, <laughs> you led me right into my question. You kind of already set it up. You know how this goes. Everybody kind of already has the game played out in their head, right? And that's how they're making these prop bets. That's how they're betting on their sides. How is it gone for you? What do you? How do you think this game's going to go? I still haven't made a position on the side or total, Alex, believe it or not. I'm 100% props right now, which is sort of terrifying. Um, but I, I, I made the game two. You know, a lot of right. respected people we know made the game two, two and a half. So there's not really much of an edge. I, I do think the Niners will do what the Ravens didn't do because Shanahan is very conservative, doesn't take a lot of risks. He does what he believes is right. And in this game, it's run the ball with Christian McCaffrey. So uh, there's a war where the Niners get the ball first, come down, seven-yard or seven-minute drive, eight-yard uh, eight-minute drive, excuse me, go up 7 nothing, and then we see what happens with that Niners defense that has to be better. I mean, you, you can't be much worse than you were against Detroit and Green Bay. You have the extra week to prepare. Um, and I think these receivers for Kansas City, I think the moment – is bigger than a lot of them. I like Rasheed Rice a lot, but these are young kids and bums he's throwing to. And, and Travis Kelsey does have to deal with two of the best linebackers and Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. So I do think the Niners are going to pull it out at the end. And, you know, it's really interesting. And I love the South one because they give you the, the 10 cent line, the dime line. That's a really cheap minor, uh, Niners money line. You know, I mean, a two point favorite should be at least minus 135, minus 140, if not higher. But this is a really cheap favorite because everybody's betting Chiefs money line. So it, 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 in some weird way, makes the San Francisco money line really cheap. And I do think that, that that's probably what I'm going to pull as we get closer to Sunday. I agree. It is a cheap money line here for that favorite. So you're seeing more of a slow start. Do you think this is an under game or like and run heavy? That's kind of what I was getting at. Yeah, I mean, look, the Chiefs have been a much better rushing team. I think if you, you know, drop somebody uh, from a different planet on Earth and said, all right, wait a minute, they have the best quarterback in the world, but they're a good running team, you'd have to sort of explain that. You need more time. But this is not the explosive Tyree Kill, Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, Travis Kelsey of three years ago offense. This is not a bomb the ball down the field. This is a ball control, don't make mistakes, possess the football type offense. And I, I want to say without looking, the Chiefs had the ball for, you know, almost the entire Ravens game. But it felt like the Chiefs had the ball for almost 40 minutes out of 60. They dominated the line of scrimmage. 
And, you know, San Francisco does not want to play a game in the high 30s with Kansas City. I feel like this is a ball control, time of possession type game. Who can be more physical? And San Francisco is extremely physical. But the Chiefs have been a lot more physical, especially on defense, too. I mean, that's the one side of the ball, I think, all year in the NFL that was so underrated. As good as Kansas City's been, I don't think they get the love they they deserve on defense. I mean, this is a top five defense in a lot of metrics. Secondary is outstanding. They have the pass rushers. So, yeah, we'll see. I I think, you know, close my eyes, final score, 24-20, Niners. Um, But, again, not not a big edge on the side or the total because I'm right there. Well, and people are so used to this Chiefs team of recent years being so offensively oriented and that the defense does just enough. But people forget they were a top five defense, as you had mentioned, and a league average offense. They were 15th in uh, uh, OVOA by PFF this year. So they were literally dead even in terms of the average NFL offense this year. It's not what people are used to with the Chiefs. And you kind of mentioned with some of the players that Patrick Mahomes has been throwing to this year, it's been an interesting cast of characters. And that's going to lead us into our MVP market because it really is kind of all over the place. If you're not going with a quarterback, McCaffrey, or Kelsey, I don't really know what to tell you because in my mind, only Debo Samuel outside of that grouping has a chance to win MVP. What are your thoughts on the MVP market as a whole? It's probably a quarterback, and we've seen this market be throw up at a lot of uh, books, you know, like minus 250 quarterbacks against the field, and people don't want to lay minus 250, but I, I actually think there may be some value there. I know some wise guys would lay 250. One book has minus 280, so 250 wow. might be relatively cheap. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to bet Harrison Butker at 200 to 1, <laughs> the Chiefs kicker, right? People always, you know, you go on these shows, they're like, give us the best long shot. And I, it, we're literally pinning the tail on a donkey, and, and I can't see. So, I, you know, <laughs> I, I did read a story about Sam Darnold at 200 to 1, yeah. and I, if Purdy gets hurt or something like that. I think you nailed it on Debo. You know, some books have 25 on him. I, look, the price on Travis Kelsey, he should be 40 to 1. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've discussed the Kelsey thing. He's probably the most bet over guy going into Sunday. Yards, receptions. You know, last week he was plus 120, or last game. He was plus 120 to catch a touchdown or score a touchdown. This week, minus 130. Right. And it's moved 50 cents in one game. And the MVP number on him, I mean, everybody's going to bet that because everybody wants to be a part of it. But I saw one book dealing 8-1 to one on Travis Kelsey. If you're betting eight to one, I, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, you can find 20. You can find maybe 22. You can't bet eight to one on Mr. Taylor Swift. You can't. Now, but you can handicap the fact that she'll be there. So I, I do think he has, you know, at least I think his number is like 70 in his receiving yards props. Maybe take a look at that. But not MVP. I'm with you. Two quick numbers that back you up, Sammy. 11 of the last 14 Super Bowl MVPs have been 10 to one odds or smaller. It's, it's been a lot of the, the favorites. That, that have taken home this award. And all time, there have been 32 quarterbacks, eight wideouts, seven running backs, and 11 other positions grouped in there as the field, if you will. A running back hasn't won Super Bowl MVP since 1998. Final game for Terrell Davis in his career when John Elway and the Broncos uh, took home that Super Bowl. So yeah, if you're betting on Christian McCaffrey, take it with a grain of salt. It has not happened this millennium. Want to get to your... your hold on, hold on. I got to guess these guys now, because you give me the three guys that aren't, Short of 10 to 1. Yeah. Von Miller is one of them. Yep. Von Miller was 20 to 1. It had to be, let's see, Malcolm Smith from yep. the Seahawks. That's the other. And then Julian Edelman had to be 30 to 1. This is why we bring you on, Sammy. <laughs> three for three. Excellent. 
Bravo. <laughs> and I'm glad you did because I was about to transition. I want to get your college basketball plays of the day because one of the games that you're looking at all the way down on the extra game sheet is about to tip off in just over two to three minutes. You're looking at high point, giving UNC Asheville two points in Asheville, and you like the home side. And my parents are really proud of this segment right here when I talk about betting UNC Asheville against High Point. They're like, wow, he really made it. Uh, <laughs> South Point is still giving you – South Point's giving you minus one. So you can take the point with Asheville, some books offshore, pick them minus one. High Point has the nation's longest winning streak. It's a 12-game heater right now. But this number opened three, and, you know, Alex texted me a few hours ago and said, what do you want to talk about? I said, UNC Asheville. And I think she put LOL, you know. But look, it's come it's come from three down to one, and the favorite is flipping at some shops. So I do like that one. You got two minutes to get that one in. And I do quickly want to talk about Alabama and uh, Auburn. That game tips at seven. Uh, we're seeing some money come under here. But the last meeting landed 154, and they had 25 turnovers and 39 missed threes. Oh, my God. I, I feel like that's a game that if it regresses the right way, you're going to get points in the SEC with this one tonight. I mean, these two teams fly. Yeah. I I don't understand the move down. You know, 162, 161 and a half. This game could easily be in the high 80s. And do you have a thought on the side on this one? Do you like the, the tide on the road? Uh, no, tied different team. Uh, uh, Auburn's been steamed. I, I would have loved to have laid four or five, but it's a pass for me. I, I hate to be on that public dog, and that's what Alabama is shaping up to be, it looks like. Sammy P at SP Shoot on Twitter. What are your plans for Super Bowl Sunday? Where will you be watching the game? I was just going to ask that. I'll be at home. This will be the first Super Bowl in five years. I'm not in Vegas, which makes me sad. But, you know, the $1,000 round trip flights and the double priced rooms and, and all that jazz. And yeah, I'll be back next year, but I'll be watching it at home with the friends and probably have about, I'd set the number at 15 and a half on chicken wings. I'd take the over, too. <laughs> oh, wait, Sammy, we did want to ask you. So your podcast title is chicken dinner where where did you come up with that so that was i mean winner winner chicken dinner has been a thing for 20 years in my life i had a a buddy who used to say it all the time i had an uncle who used to say it and then you know all these different athletes and coaches when they win these big games uh, jason campbell's one of them or jason uh jason garrett excuse me when he was in dallas after every game they used to win, he'd come into the press conference and go, winner, winner, chicken dinner. And, like, we'd clip the audio. And I don't know. I just always I always correlated chicken dinner and making money. Not that I do it that well. Well, maybe I'm okay at it. But I, I think chicken dinner, everybody knows Everybody knows what chicken dinner means yeah. in our space. And uh, I love the logo. Crystal has a hoodie, by the way, in his office. If you, if you don't believe me, go find the chicken dinner hoodie and in the boss's office back there on the South Point. Yeah, go check it out. It's at SP Shoot, your Twitter. And then in your bio is at Chicken Dinner, where they can find your podcast. He's Sammy P, Sam Paniotovich, betting analyst for both Nesson and Fox Sports. And a friend of the program, you heard him say it, he'll be back, Las Vegas. Sammy P, thanks so much for joining us here on Sports by the Book. We'll be back in two minutes. Alex and I have our college basketball plays coming up. Once you've satisfied your hunger, get ready for more of the hottest casino games in Vegas. Our 24-hour, 30-table non-smoking poker room proudly hosts all the most popular poker games with a variety of betting limits. Visit the poker room for a schedule of daily tournaments. Whether you're going to hold them or fold them, the best place for poker is at South Point Casino. 
You'll notice that our craps tables are usually the loudest in the casino. If you've never played, join one of our free craps lessons to find out what makes this game so exciting. Check with the craps dealer for schedules and give it a roll. Bingo is also an exciting way to spend your time. We offer seven sessions of bingo every day. And each session includes a cash ball jackpot, 12 bingo games, a progressive double action game, and a $10,000 bonus coverall. Electronic units are available. If you haven't played bingo with us, give it a try today. Guests can also get in on the action at our one-of-a-kind race and sports books. Two separate rooms designed to maximize your experience and comfort. Our sports book, with over 400 seats, puts you right in the middle of the action, 24 hours a day. The friendly ticket writers are happy to help, and it's conveniently located next to the famous Del Mar Deli, where you'll find supersized portions of delicious deli items like roast beef, pastrami, and Reuben sandwiches, or soups, salads, and pizza, plus spectacular desserts fit for a king. And right next door is the race book, over 150 seats, each with its own TV screen. There are 16 interactive player terminals, so you can bet right from your seat. Welcome back to Sports by the Book, along with Alex White. I'm Matt Neverett. We got Caden, Sean, Andrew, and Ann doing their great work behind the glass, as always. A big thank you to our guy, Sammy P. Always love talking to Sammy P. Not only does he have good plays, I will say, overall with both the NFL and college basketball, he is a, a rather sharp player. Love the way that he uh, kind of lays everything out, kind of right. tells you what he's thinking. And he's got the Boston aspect to it. So I, I like everything about Sammy P when we bring him on. Great to have him as a connection with the show. And a great follow. And he does really good. He, he keeps track of his record, so he's very honest up, up front with you and how he's doing. So, yeah, Sammy's the best. Well, and... Him and I were both on BYU Moneyline, so we at least have that. We can commiserate because <laughs> the uh, the Cougars were a no-show last night. But we're hoping to turn it around tonight. We got they weren't a no-show. They were in that game in the second half. The second half no-show, yeah, yeah. They got uh, unmotivated coming out of the locker room. Uh, about six minutes away from Vinny Maiulo hopping on the desk, giving us updated numbers from behind the counter here at the South Point. But Alex and I wanted to give our college basketball plays today a great slate. There's a lot of ranked teams in action, but a lot of the games that we're looking at are a little bit further down the board and I wanted to start with your thoughts on one that I, I have in pocket, uh, 689, 690 on the rotation, Villanova at Butler. Love the Big East. Love the Big East this time of year, especially when the tournament starts to come into play. Uh, really, really competitive matchups. This one starts right when we get off the air at four here on the West Coast. Xavier laying three at home in Cincinnati. I like the Musketeers in this game. They're a top 50 team in both offensive and defensive efficiency on Ken Palm. Villanova not as good on the road and not good defensively in the paint whatsoever. Villanova on the year, allowing their opponents to shoot over 60% field goal percentage from inside the paint around the rim. They just don't defend down low whatsoever. And the Xavier team loves to go down in the paint. This is also the second matchup of the year between these two. Xavier outscored Villanova 34-20 to in the paint wow. in a Xavier uh, cover. They didn't win. They lost as a one-point dog, but they missed two shots in the last 10 seconds and lost by a point. So this is a Xavier team that has already competed with Villanova in Philly, this game in Cincinnati, and I like the Musketeers. I, I don't mind it at all. I'd only look at the home team here. I love that revenge factor. Lost by one point. They'll be ready to play here at home. Xavier's just the deeper team, too. They've got three players averaging double-digit points. Even outside of those three, they've got three legitimate three-point shooting threats on the floor at any time. 
Uh, and Villanova hasn't really guarded around the perimeter as well either. They guard great from mid-range. Too bad nobody shoots mid-ranges anymore, right? right. Uh, and one game that you and I both had a thought on, 701-702, Pitt at NC State in the ACC, and you and I are both on the Panthers here. I'm not on the Panthers. I just had to lean to the Panthers because okay. I don't want to jinx Mine's you. I feel like when I, <laughs> whenever I see your place and I'm like, I like that too, and jump in, then it jinxes you. So I'm going to let you have this one. But I've been playing Pittsburgh a lot this year. They've they've impressed me a lot. I took them last week um, at home, but you go ahead and uh, give your handicap for this one. Well, as we said, Pitt has been undervalued and underrated by the books all season long. Jeff Capel has done a phenomenal job, defeated his alma mater at Duke. They beat Clemson. They beat Georgia Tech, and that's all in the last two weeks. They are really starting to upset teams in the ACC that they hadn't in the past. This Pitt team with a little bit of attitude playing yeah. against an NC State team that really doesn't have much of a home court advantage in Raleigh. And North Carolina if not Indiana, the best basketball state in the country in terms of the, the prep in the college level. But NC State, I know this because my mom lives in Raleigh and I've been to their games. They never, even in conference games, have a huge decided home court advantage. So that doesn't factor into the handicap at all. I've got Pitt Moneyline at plus 135. And uh, one other game that I'm looking at that we talked about, and then we'll get into your, your two plays that we like, USC at Cal. And we same, same kind of deal. I've got to play. You've got to lean both on the, <laughs> on the Trojans this one for me, mostly due to this recent history against Cal. And the fact that USC is catching two and a half points in this one, I think says a lot about how they're valued by the books. They're a team that is also kind of coming into their own as we get into this part of the year. But that trend, they've beaten Cal 10 straight times over the last four and a half years. The smallest margin of victory was seven points in those games. So not only have they beaten them, they've taken them behind the woodshed more often than not. The Trojans have... They're really starting to figure it, figure it out. They're very disappointing to start the conference play, but they're starting to get it together. Um, I can't remember who they just played, but they absolutely blew them out. USC did. So I was looking at that one as well, but I found a couple others that I liked yeah, you've a got little two, more. you got two plays that you like, and uh, one of them, so Illinois at Drake, you're taking big points with the Salukis. See, and this is... Mostly just a number play, and that's because the first time these two played, Drake won on the road, but they were a point-and-a-half favorite. So now I understand they're at home, but to be favored by 10, I just think that is way too high. Now, they did beat Southern Illinois by quite a bit, but that was their worst game in this last stretch. They're 3-1 and one in their last four, and when you get embarrassed by a team, I mean— always show up that next time. So I expect a big performance here from Southern Illinois, and I think 10 points is way too much. So that is one. And then staying in that conference, I'm also on Missouri State, another um, road dog here, and they're at Northern Iowa. Missouri State plus four and a half. This one I actually uh, sprinkle a little bit on the money line here. Missouri State, I'm taking the hotter team of the two. They're 4-0 straight up and ATS in their last four scoring has increased, averaging 77.4 points a game. Northern Iowa, completely the other way. They are 2-3 and three straight up in their last five and 0-5 oh and against the spread. They're averaging 61.2 in their last five games. So, like I said, I'm going with the hotter team here in Missouri State. So you're going revenge storyline, hot recency bias storyline. I like them both, to be honest with you. Actually, Missouri State has some uh, home revenge as well because uh, Northern Iowa went there and beat them on their oh, home man. court. So. They're going to go back and be trying to do the same thing. That's why I'm springing a little on the money line. The only thing better than one revenge storyline, two revenge storylines. <laughs> you know it. So Alex is on Southern Illinois, Missouri State. We'll recap some of our plays at the end of the show, including an NBA pick. 
that Alex is on for tonight. But now mm-hmm. let's bring him in. Yep. We got Vinny Maiulo in studio, ready to go. And see, he's on his way over. Here he comes. Vinny Maiulo, ready to, to update us from what's going on behind the counter. I think that's really funny what Sam said about um, Alabama being the public dog because I was actually leaning towards Alabama a little bit here and mostly because of um, how many points you were getting yeah. with the Crimson Tide. I but think so too. Well, here he is, we'll Vinny see. That's the best game. He's got a oh, souvenir Vinny. for us as well. Here we go. Look it's, at the it's sweatshirt. The Sam Pajanovic show. <laughs> that's the sweatshirt that Sammy P gave to Chris Andrews. So, Vinny, you, you, you were watching that, that interview and had it brought up. That's right it, Chris. You said, bring that in here. I was going to put it on, except it, it looked like a sleeping bag on me. <laughs> That so I'm going to put this next to me. I We're love how he said, if you don't believe us, go check with Chris Andrews. We know Chris Andrews has every polo from every university he's been to. I had no doubt that he wouldn't keep that sweatshirt. That's right. Chris Sammy a, P. You know, every, you know, everybody thinks that Jimmy Vaccaro is the only uh, fashion uh, uh, maven around here. But no, Chris he is as well. Especially <laughs> when it comes to sweatshirts. That's Jimmy's right. got a, a lot of competition now. Yeah. with the, uh, the. If you want to know about sport coach, you could, you could ask me. That's and he's right. our guy. I need all the help I can get. <laughs> Well, Vinny, uh, as, as we've talked about throughout the course of this week, yeah. because the game is not, because the number, I should say, is not really near a key number and not really swinging either way, a lot more action on props, maybe not than normal, but as we've been trending towards no. the game, is that still true? Are you guys behind the counter expecting more than half the bets on the game on props? So far, I would say that's probably going to be the trend, uh, honestly. Uh, you, you know, Chris and I were just talking in the back, and you know, we Always comparing, you know, from from a prior year or, or a couple of years ago. I mean, because we did have the, uh, the Super Bowl was in Arizona last year, and they did have sports wagering, so uh, certainly a bit of an impact there. Um, but I, I I think right now we're ahead of last year's prop handle, but just and not a significant amount, but a little. Uh, you know, uh, down on the on the side in total. However, I think that's going to pick up. I mean, tomorrow is a major uh, arrival day, and then of course Friday, not only at the uh, at the airport, but certainly you know on Interstate 15. So I think Friday will be a big pickup day. And frankly, look, uh, you know, let's call it what it is. If you're going to bet the game, particularly the side, let's go shop around for everything. But there's no reason to shop anywhere else with. A ten cent straddle on the money line at minus a quarter and plus fifteen cents, and a nickel vig on the side, uh, then then here uh, here at South Point. So you know, and that adds up. I mean, because people are going to be involved with the game, uh, the side, the total, and the money line, in, in addition to their props. So uh, I mean, that that is uh, that's something that I think will really uh, see us. Uh, Get, get a bigger boost in the handle, particularly as we get closer to the weekend. And we've talked throughout the entire lead-up to this game about the handle on the props, the handle mm-hmm. on the game itself. One area that we really haven't talked about as much, if at all, is what kind of a handle you guys are expecting in the live betting market. Is that something yeah. that you guys can try to predict ahead of time, or is it just see what it comes across the counter during the game? That's a good good question, Matt. I think because I think you can anticipate a little bit more because – the breaks, the commercials are a bit longer, mm-hmm. right? I mean, when people are spending millions of dollars for 30 and 60 second spots, you can always anticipate the, that uh, increasing. If the game is close, the closer the game, I think, the more the uh, the in game, uh, uh, the, the higher the in game handle. Just seven million for a commercial. Frank was talking about it on a show. Seven we were, million. We were trying to for thirty um, for thirty or for a, a minute. Um, and do you know that? Do you remember that one? Either way. 
We're going to put we Anna on the spot know, behind the counter. But either way, we were trying 30? to raise the money so we could get a get an ad for South Point Studio, but pass we, haven't, we haven't yeah. gotten enough clicks there. <laughs> pass. Hold on, hold on. Let me, let me pass Sammy P's hood. Yeah, that's, that's $7 million <laughs> in free pub right there, right? <laughs> but, Vinny, you have a really special guest coming into the sports book tomorrow. Tomorrow afternoon. Oh, yeah. Two of the world-famous Clydesdales will be here at the South Point. Uh, this is not the first time. Uh, however, it is the first time, I should say, that I believe two. Yeah. Typically in the past, we've had uh, Clydesdales uh, at the uh, 21 tables. Uh, we've had them at the bars. Um, they've been at the, at the sportsbook counter. But again, solo. Tomorrow, there'll be two uh, making their plays. So pay attention tomorrow <laughs> afternoon. I don't have an exact time. As soon as we get a time, though, uh, or we narrow down a uh, time spot, uh, we'll uh, we'll put it on uh, on the air and certainly on uh, social media. In, in a town with so many unique people, so many unique places and offerings, the, the South Point's kind of all in a, in a class all of its own. You will yep. never see not one but two Clydesdales going through any other Las Vegas right. casino. I'm trying to figure out how to get them, how to get one of them in this door here. <laughs> oh man, it may not be tall enough. Right I've, here, I've seen um, a couple of the Clydesdales in person before up close. Yeah, I mean they are seven feet tall. Well, let me tell you this. I'll tell you how big they are. If they had a saddle cloth, it would be like a Christmas banquet table. <laughs> like that's that's <laughs> trust me. Yeah, we uh, we had them. Uh, we uh, here of course <clears throat> when they do travel, uh, particularly anywhere in the West and in the region. Uh, this is their home, uh, given the uh, facilities here uh, at, the, at the South Point. Yeah. So um, the the arena facilities, again, with all the uh, the rodeo uh, aspects that uh, that take place here during the course of the year, uh, this is really their their Western home. Uh, uh, so it's great, and they'll they'll be here for the game, and they'll be here for an extended period of time. There'll be a big turnout here too, and you'll you'll hear the. Uh, Anheuser Busch theme uh, when they're playing and, and everything. <laughs> Michael Gone and Ryan Growney, general manager, will be uh, will be here as well. So it's a it's a lot of fun. So if you, uh, I hope it's right around the time of you know uh, certainly it'd be ideal I guess between Sam's show and uh, and uh, this show as well. So we'll have a we'll have a lot of fun tomorrow afternoon. So it's a, it's a true home game for the Clydesdales and walking. Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, but back to the not as important matters at hand because they take precedent over everything. <laughs> Um, is there any market in the in the prop game that has taken more action than others? Is there one prop that you can think of where you're saying, "Wow, I can't believe that many people are on either side of this one"? Um, I'd say the, the 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 alternate point spread props have gotten uh, have gotten considerable play and will you know and and there are uh, point spread props with either uh, team favored by three and a half uh, all the way up to uh, thirteen and a half. So and again the the higher uh, the higher you go, the 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 payouts are, uh, are 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 they do vary. But um, we're starting to see more on the uh, let's see the individual player props. Uh, where I'm going to get to my one of my 21 pages here. There's, all, there's almost too many. There, there can know, never be enough, it, but there's almost too many. I mean, when you get to player props, too, um, total receiving yards in a game by George Kittle. Uh, has gone up uh, already. For, uh, started at forty-seven and a half. That's gone up uh, by at least one, one to two points. The first rushing attempt in the game by Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. His first rushing attempt. Will it be over two and a half? Over two and a half. Over three. Over three and a half. Wow. So wow. that one, yeah. We, you're starting to see more individual player props uh, get played. First rushing attempt in the game by Elijah Mitchell. One and a half over, 
over two, now two and a half. Wow. So you'll, you, you know, those are, those are the kinds of things that, uh, you know, may be a little bit surprising, but that's what we've seen so far. So Vinny, we don't want to waste too much paper. So you have the original packet here. Now I use the app because mm -hmm. these will be updated, yes. but not mm -hmm. on the paper, right? If people want no, the updated prices. Yeah, that's a great question, Alex. If you look uh, at the, and again, the, 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 the packet is a guideline, right? but, um, always ask. Uh, at the counter, what's the current price when you get to the window? But they're also posted on the boards as well. So uh, the opening line is always listed on the the sheets, and the reason for that is it's a point of reference, mm -hmm. so, so people can yeah. keep track of exactly how the uh, how the lines are moving. And as you get more seasoned, as a better, you want to know how how the numbers are moving, and uh, and, and for for a variety of reasons. Hence the shopping experience. Yeah. <laughs> and with, with so much else going on in the world of sports, people yeah. forget that there is more than just this one NFL game going on this week. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. Do you see <laughs> the the handle on other sports dip as the Super Bowl comes and, and goes? Or do you, does it stay the same and the Super Bowl market is kind of separate? I think, actually, everything else goes up too, Matt. I think you see an increase. Last night's a great example. Um, now, Vegas Golden Knights games always get a lot of handle, particularly by our locals, right? But there was a lot of – I went to the game last night, by the way, which was a tremendous atmosphere, I have to say. It was a like a, it had a playoff right? atmosphere. Okay. For, for once, you weren't the biggest celebrity in the house. No, I was not. I, I was not, although I did uh, see a lot of other uh, uh, celebrities who, who do the same thing as I do. So everybody everywhere you went, you know, you went to, you know, to get uh, – you know, to stay hydrated, and it was like, hey, Vinny. What's the price? I mean, everybody's like, oh, my God. I mean, what's the price of this prop? I got to ask. I had to have a prop packet with me. Just a bunch um, of dudes with their last name ending in a vowel, right? But, uh, <laughs> but I, I have to tell you, the atmosphere last night was not only like a playoff atmosphere. It was about 50-50 in terms of fan participation. Now, the Canadian teams typically do travel very well. And I've noticed that about Edmonton and Calgary um, and, and Winnipeg in particular, probably, you know, a little bit more uh, regionally. Yeah. Uh, and, and some uh, some flight uh, specials and things like that. But all those folks, they wagered on, on that game last night. There'll be cross-sport activity on a daily basis going to the Super Bowl as well. But I think all sports, including horse racing, will benefit by, uh, from the Super Bowl being here this weekend because as people are waiting for the game, they'll they'll get involved with an NBA in, or a game of their NBA team, their hockey team, and of course the college uh, lineup as well. Vinny, is there a favorite prop of yours? Just not even necessarily like um, player prop from these two teams, or just like a generic one that you've always liked? Well, well, uh, the reason that I have I I wouldn't say favorites. I would say more memorable. And um, you know, uh, we've talked about the the fridge prop, which again uh, we, we're still paying. Uh, from, <laughs> from, uh, uh, from that Super Bowl, Super Bowl 20. Um, but there's always a, a prop, um, you know, de when Devin Hester ran the opening kickoff back in, 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 in that Super Bowl, I, I think we mentioned last week also the, uh, the game's first score, uh, to be a, a safety was at 2014, I think. Oh my uh, Yeah. Broncos Seahawks. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, or Panthers rather Pan 60, Panthers, 60 to one. It was the Seahawks and and the Broncos, and um, there was a safety by uh, Peyton Manning. Peyton yeah. Manning got went uh, right over his head. Right, oh my gosh, into the snowdrift. Uh, <laughs> and so there, there, so there, there's those that are that are, are more memorable. Um, you know, uh, the great refund, the year that uh, uh, the Packers 
beat the Patriots by exactly 14 points, which was the number on the game. And we wound up refunding the uh, the game the next – I mean, there was a line for like 24 hours like just magic. to refund the game. And, again, there weren't as many props, so there was that much more to refund on the game itself. But that was also the first year I thought of uh, – that was the first year that I think – I don't know if anybody else – I think we did it uh, at Caesars at the time. We put up the following Super Bowl, not just the Futures, but the, the AFC, NFC oh, wow. uh, prop. And let people, as they were cashing, they wound up betting that for like over 100000 So, you know, it, there, there are some that are, are more memorable uh, than uh, favorites from our side of the counter <laughs> yeah. for a variety of reasons. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was all the way back in 1996, I believe, 1996-97, when the Patriots uh, lost to the Packers. 1997, yeah, I called it the Great Refund. Yes, <laughs> it was, uh, we just held on to the money. We didn't even have it, hold on to it for uh, enough time for, uh, for interest. And then, of course, uh, the year that, uh, you know, uh, I, I paid both sides of the coin toss, which I think was about 1992, <laughs> because, you know, nobody defers, the, you know, the, the ball in the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, that last did for you. Well, we, they do it now. Now it's, you know, now it has to, you know, now you have yeah. to. But uh, back then, I, you know, I saw the team receiving the ball. And I said, you know, pay. And, um, yeah, wrong. <laughs> I did want to ask you before we let you get back yeah. behind the counter, what kind of a market do you take on the opening coin toss? Because that just seems like, I mean, it, not seems, it is the scientific definition of a 50-50 shot. It is. By the way, only a dollar too big here at the South Point. All right? <laughs> so well, you guys are the best. Four-cent straddle on the three three various coin toss uh, props. Uh, what will the opening coin toss be, heads or tails? The player to call the opening coin toss correct or wrong? And which team will win the opening coin toss? But you know what? Every year it gets more popular because it's got instant gratification. Right. You know, people have it right away and there's a decision right away. So those that win it, they're right back. Now let's go to the in game, right? Over, to baby. where there's just go right at it. And uh, it's, uh, it doesn't go right in their pocket. It's, uh, it's just part of the, uh, uh, the process of it really does add to the, to the in game or, or halftime wagering. Yeah, those are ones you don't mind paying out as much no, as you know you're, you're, you're going to see it right back. You know, it's it, listen, you know, it's very it, with the in game, it's very impulsive. So it's all good. Certainly. Been there, yeah. done that. Yes. <laughs> uh, that's, why, that's why I'm here and you're on the other side of the counter. Well, I learned the hard way. Trust yeah, exactly. me. <laughs> we, haven't we all? Well, yeah, definitely wanted to bring you in and get some updates on some of those markets. Yep. So we really appreciate you hopping on for a couple of minutes and I got to let you get back to work. We got to keep Chris and, Chris and Jimmy in line. Yes. We got a full time job in and of itself. Back right? to uh, Turner Classic. Yeah. <laughs> so that's Vinny Mayulo. Big thanks to Vinny for joining us, getting us updated on our Super Bowl markets, props, side, total, just about everything you can think of. This guy's got it all rattling around up in here. He's going to have a busy week heading into the busy weekend. Very so we appreciate him taking week. some time and hopping on with us here. And want to close this episode of Sports by the Book talking about a particular NBA play that Alex likes tonight. You're on the Warriors, but not laying the points. I went back and forth. Um, it moved to four and a half now. Warriors favored at Philadelphia. But the 76ers are just a mess. Embiid is out for another, what, four weeks? A couple weeks at least, yeah. Which is terrible because he was in line for the MVP. We were talking about that. Of course, he had to hit that 65 games, but now he has absolutely no chance. Um, there's a bug going around in the 76ers locker room. and Maxime is he was not at the early practice so i don't think he will be playing either warriors are trying to figure it out i like them at least money line 
so I don't have to sweat it out too much. And that game tips off in under an hour. So if you want to try to beat the market to the line, uh, maybe a big line move on there, getting it up to five, maybe six points. See if you can get the Warriors soon if you like them and want to follow Alex's reasoning. All of that seems solid to me. I am a fan. People are asking about the MVP, uh, the, the new rule, where you have to play a certain percentage of the games. It works out to 65 games. I, I'm a fan. And this is extenuating circumstances. If Joel Embiid had never had another injury in his career, people wouldn't think twice. They would say, oh, that's just unfortunate timing for a knee injury. But because it's Joel Embiid and everything he's gone through to get to this point with the injuries, with the 76ers, with uh, just about everybody in that organization loving and hating him at the same time, it, it is a really interesting debate that we're having this year. And in years past, the, the question I have for you, in years yeah. past, do you think that he has done enough right now to have won the MVP for this year without this new games played rule? No. You, you, you still think it's uh, you, Joker, right, in your you, eyes? Yes, it is Joker. And, I mean, that's why you have to go all the way to the end of the season, yeah. right, to see how it goes. But, yes, it was a tight race between those two, but the Joker is the best in the league right now. There's something to be said about longevity throughout the course of a year. That is very true, Playing too. That is very true. There was not even really a hangover from them winning last year no. for that team and him himself. So, yeah, I think it is unfortunate with the injury in this, but I'm with you. I'm a, I'm a fan. At least a certain amount of games that they have to play to be able to win these awards. I think it's a fair. Well, and the main reason they did it was to prevent teams from sitting guys on the second end of back-to-backs or kind right. of what we've seen from Kawhi Leonard in various years in the past. Uh, but with this one, it's just a, like you said, an unfortunate circumstance. And if Joel Embiid did not have the troubled, checkered injury pass that he did, it would just be, oh, too bad. But because it's Joel Embiid, it, it is this huge storyline. And yeah, you said you like the Warriors' money line against the 76ers. Is there a certain limit that you would not like to play it up to? Um, and like the, the spread. Like if it gets to five and a half, is that too much? Yes. Okay. I think that's too much. Well, before we close the show out, we got another interview from Jeff Parles was able to sit down at NFL Media Day with former NFL offensive lineman Kyle Turley. I don't know. Jeff's biceps stack up. Turley's a big dude, as you'll see, but Jeff does not look dwarfed like I would sitting next to him. Check this one out. Welcome to Jeff Parles here at Radio Row. Alongside me, former offensive lineman in the NFL, now with Revenant Holdings. It's a pleasure to have you today. It's good to be here. I appreciate you having us. It's always good to be back at the Super Bowl, right? Absolutely. So I'll just ask you this to start off, because you ended your career in Kansas City. That's right. Totally different times, obviously, from where we're at now. Just when <laughs> you were playing in Kansas City, obviously great sports town, great food scene as well. What do you remember most about playing in Kansas City? It was a blur for me. It was at the end of my career. You know, I was nursing injuries. I shouldn't uh -huh. even been there <laughs> you know? and uh, had two seasons I was in and out dealing with injuries both of those seasons so it was fun though it was Herm Edwards years and we uh, got a playoff uh, you know birth with that right. uh, didn't go very far it was a one and done deal with Indianapolis it was a good experience man I love Kansas City you know the experience at Arrowhead Stadium there's nothing like it that experience that's one of the iconic stadiums you got to go to a football game and still experience what it was back in the day now everything's all new and Arrowhead's still one of those great stadiums that's an, ama an amazing yeah. place and environment, unlike any other in the NFL. And then imagine playing right. on the home side there, a lot easier to play on the road side. <laughs> no, 100%. For this game coming up on Sunday, of course, one of the big things for Kansas City going into this game is the health of Joe Thune, who it doesn't look like he's going to play uh, on Sunday right now. Obviously, he's in the inside. You played on the outside. But when you're missing your, your comrade in the inside, how does that impact you? 
playing on the outside? Well, just as a line in, in general, you have to have that continuity. Hopefully, though, I mean, this is the NFL. You've got uh, 1,800 of the best people in the world doing this job, and any backup is a starter waiting to get in. So, you know, highly paid individuals, they should be ready. You know, these coaching staffs get paid a lot of money. There shouldn't be too much of a misbeat, and it's on both sides, though, that they need to address it because the disruption that comes between two people or three people or five people working together is critical for the, the unit itself and also for those people studying, especially in a game like the Super Bowl. If you add some new guy in there that hasn't been in there, right. then things can be completely disrupted for what you thought it was going to be, you know, and not be anything that you prepared for. Prepping for these defenses, obviously Kansas City's defense has had a great year. San Francisco's defense has had a great year, especially when they're right. Their pass rush has been great dealing with a guy like Nick Bosa on the outside. When you're going up against the elite of the elite, how do you prepare for a guy like Bosa or the guys you played against who are at the top of the level when you're in the league? You know, when you get to that level, when you're playing the best of the best, as a person who prides himself on being one of those, I always took it as a great challenge to that week especially really focus on me. When I was going against Michael Strahan, I need to be at my best if right. I'm going to block this man. So when it comes to those big time matchups, I hope that, you know, these guys are like I was, and I'm sure they are, that they've got they spent extra time in the weight room this week, extra time in the therapy room this week, continuing to focus on their game to be as fast and quick as possible because these guys in the NFL are just next level. You can't imagine trying to have to block one of these guys and stand in front of them for even just three, four seconds. You'd think, oh, that's easy. They'll just toss you around like a ragdoll. I had the opportunity to play against some of the greatest ever played, and these guys in this game today are just that much faster you know it's like a Derek Thomas every oh, yeah. play yeah. you know what I mean a hundred percent yeah just your thoughts on being here in Vegas of course uh been a long road for this city and now having the biggest event in the, right. the world basically yeah unreal man to have the Super Bowl finally here in Vegas is incredible great stadium I mean this oh, yeah. is going to be an awesome Super Bowl what a city right and oh, what, yeah. what what has happened here it's a good mix of people coming here that don't want to be seen or, or have it come back with them and then there's a lot of great family atmosphere things here you know it's great for football and all the great people that are here to see this game and be fans even still being in a fun town like Vegas. Perfect. Kyle, thank you for hanging with us. Thank today. you, brother. Really appreciate you. Thank Absolutely. you, guys. Go Chiefs. Let's get it. I told you Jeff's biceps look good next to Kyle Turley, right? Uh, great, great to hear a former player's perspective, and you always like hearing the offensive lineman perspective, too, because believe it or not, those are the smartest guys in the field. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love actually watching the offensive and the defensive lineman and the trenches when you actually watch football games. So that was awesome. Thank you to Jeff Parles for getting all these interviews for us to play on these shows. Jeff's a busy guy. He'll be back here tomorrow airing plenty more of those interviews with a lot of his stories from the opening media day, Radio Row over at Mandalay Bay, and his other experiences so far this week. Far from done here at South Point Studios. Before we get out for Sports by the Book, we were looking up some injury updates in that Warriors-76ers game to get you before that game tips off at about 4.40 here on the West Coast. Looks like it's going to be the Warriors versus the Walking Wounded. Tell us a little more. That's right. Tyrese Maxey is out for the Sixers tonight. It looks like Tobias Harris will be the only Sixers starter available for tonight's game. So... I went ahead and I laid the three and a half that we had here now at South Point. So I did as well. Alex so and I both State. laid the three and a half with the Warriors. Really the only one market wide that we could find that was still open. Right. So we, Everybody else was locked. So Timeliness matters. Go find that line if you can. We love the Warriors. Even minus 160 on the money line. Yep. If I hadn't just laid all those Super Bowl prop bets, I might have had a little bit of extra juice <laughs> ready to go for that minus 160 money line on the Warriors taking on the 76ers. Big thanks to Sammy P for joining. As always, thanks to Vinny Maiulo for stopping by and updating us on betting numbers. For Caden, Ann, Andrew, and Sean behind the glass. For my partner, Alex White, 
I'm Matt Neverett saying thanks so much for tuning into Sports by the Book. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe to South Point Studios here on YouTube. Jeff Parles back in this seat tomorrow. Until then, so long.